Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, this is True News, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I'm Rick Wiles. Today is Friday, March the 1st, 2024, and we are Alone of Spain. With me is Paul Benson, Doc Burkhart, Alex Romero, and Bo Davison. And we have spent a week here in Barcelona attending the world's largest gathering of the mobile phone industry. And again, if you're just checking in the first time this week and you're wondering, What's the big deal? Why would True News travel across the Atlantic, spend a week in Barcelona, Spain, attending a mobile phone conference? Here's why. The easiest way for me to explain it is this. If the new world order has a nervous system, it's the phone companies. That's the way I can explain it. The world that they're building has got to be distributed to the world. And the phone companies have been chosen to be the distribution system for this new world. That's the reason that we're here. We're not here to look at gadgets. I'm not interested in what the latest cell phone is going to be for 2025. A lot of those announcements were made here. New phones, new gadgets, new wearables, big deal. Who cares? We're here to see the trend. What's the real story? What are the trends? Where are we going over the next two, five, seven, ten years? Because that's what they're discussing here. They're already talking about 6G. The Chinese are talking about 7G. But right now with 5G, they are, they are rolling out a suite of new technologies that uh, were unheard of five years ago. So. What we're going to do today is uh, first, because it's the last day, we want to show you some highlights from the exhibit floor. We have not spent a lot of time on the exhibit floor because we were in the educational sessions. But today we spend time on the exhibit floor and we want to show you some of the things that we saw. And then in the second part of the show, we're going to give you our, our wrap up, the, the, the big story. What is it that we're leaving here? understanding and and knowing that this is the important message coming out of the show. So let's start with, how about a a robotic dog? Okay. Uh, I'm going to show you a video of a very large robotic dog, and you should be seeing it right now. We're not able to see it as we're doing this program, but you should be watching this right now. And uh, imagine, would you have, would you own a dog like this? Is it, is it, what would be the reason? Well, I mean, as a guard dog, I, I, you know, the more I watched it, I thought, well, you know, I can imagine um, having one of these guarding your, your, 
the perimeter of your property? Can you imagine a thief uh, running into this dog at night? And, uh, you know, the thieves are going to run away. Yeah, so I could see that there, there's going to be uses for it. But it's also, you know, it's going to be used for law enforcement. You're going to see these dogs on the street. So there are a lot of um, a lot of applications for these types of robotic animals. Um, any of you guys have any thoughts about the the large robot? What what would be the practical use of having a a large robotic dog, other than to scare the daylights out of people? Maybe in construction, Rick carrying heavy weights. Well, I I didn't think about that. Mm -hmm. That's a possibility. Yeah. Well, not only in guarding property, but also when you mentioned police tactics, uh, apprehension of uh, of criminals or so-called criminals. And so uh, this could be a full apprehension uh, piece of machinery, not only uh, corner the criminal, but also take them into custody. Well, to go into a dangerous situation, let's say there's right. a gunman inside a building. If if a human police officer goes in, there's a high probability there's going to be a shootout. The police officer is going to be wounded or or killed. A robotic dog, if the thing is armed, now this one that we saw here today, you know, it's not armed. But if 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 you had armed robotic dogs, law enforcement agencies could go into uh, a building to confront gunmen or, yes. or anybody else, terrorists, whoever without and, any loss of human life. And let's not forget the military applications that are involved here too. I mean, you can, instead of sending a soldier into a dangerous situation, you send your, your robot dog. We do it with canines now. I mean, right. we do it with animals now. Yes. And so it's not beyond the realm of possibility that you would have these bomb sniffing robot dogs or uh, you know, going into dangerous situation where terrorists or whatever, uh, so you could see a lot of applications with this type of device. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's take a change the the, the uh, scenery here, and we'll show you small robotic dogs. So can you imagine having one, two, three, four little robotic dogs in your house? Um, we've got the video. Uh, as you see, the dogs are uh, kind of dancing in formation. They do flips. Uh, they do tricks. They lie down. You know, they, they everything that a an an animal dog would do. These these robotic dogs are doing. So, Doc, Paul, Alex, what would be Bo? Anybody? What what would be the practical application for somebody owning a small robotic dog? Feel her or his emotions. I I, I guess. It's Appealing to uh, older people that live alone, I think, Rick. Okay. Yeah. Less, less upkeep, maybe. You know, I mean, you get the benefit of the dog without the crap and the and the and the pee, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't soil the carpet. That's for yep. sure. You don't have to get up at two o'clock in the morning. Take the dog outside. I mean, there are some advantages. Uh, Alex hit on the 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 concept of human companionship. Right. That. Um, Doc, I know you and I were talking about this earlier. Uh, you know, the, the, it's obvious the globalists want to eliminate wildlife. 
Yes, they, 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 do. they, 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 you know, nope. they see animals as as harming the earth. So is this part of the plan to to well, substitute real animals with mechanical animals? Well, there's two things about that that stand out to me, Rick. In the most recent World Economic Forum in Davos, there was actually a session where uh, it talked about the reduction of pets as a possible solution to the so-called climate crisis, right? And so I also noticed in the promotional videos for these particular uh, cyber dogs or what they're, they're called, is they show the the people in the videos cuddling up to the cyber dog and and holding the cyber dog. And so they're already priming people uh, to think of these cyber dogs as a replacement to their current pets. So the bond, you, you the see bond that with a robot. Yes. And so uh, so you already those two things together for me. And of course, I tend to think of the more diabolical <laughs> reasons is they plan. Uh, we already know they plan to eliminate cattle. Uh, they plan to eliminate pigs. They plan to eliminate sheep. And they came out in Davos just this year and said they really need to see a reduction in pets uh, in order to meet climate goals. All right. I, I can think of another uh, application. We were talking, I think, on yesterday's program about non-human employees, virtual employees. So if you had a virtual assistant and this this assistant is online, uh, it's it's a it's a it's an avatar. Why couldn't why couldn't your virtual assistant be a mechanical dog? Sure. So your your mechanical robotic dog is scheduling your appointments, reading your email, booking travel plans, uh, whatever. Prepare, you know, uh, preparing your meal plan for the week. It could be your dog. You could, could you, could you, Paul, could you see yourself someday talking to a robotic dog about your business plans for the day? Sure. I mean, you know, I like, I kind of like the idea of the companionship, following me around everywhere I go, jumping up in the car, going with me, and I can just read off different, you know, going for a walk next to me. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely a possibility. Um, I, you know, it's I can see the the contrast between the cute, cuddly, small dog and the you know military robot dog that'll possibly shoot you was interesting. Um, you know, I, every time I see one of these new robots, I'm just thinking about the normalization of these things being in everyday society and culture. Um, it's certainly going to be a strange world in the next 10 to 15 years as these things just become a part of everyday life. Drones flying in and out of the streets and cities and these these uh, robotic dogs walking around everywhere. Okay. okay, so if if your 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 personal assistant, your AI inspired personal assistant can be an animal, robotic animal, then I'm I'm choosing a chimpanzee. <laughs> I'm serious. If if I get a what choice, you, I'll, I'd rather have a, a robotic chimpanzee. And he that rides around it, on and he rides around on a motorcycle. On a, on a motorcycle. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I want one that makes me laugh. <laughs> so, okay. So we're gonna go to another robot now. This is a humanoid robot. And uh um uh, this is uh 
this was quite interesting. Uh, I, I, I didn't get the name of the robot. In fact, uh, she was asked her name. She didn't give her name. But I asked the robot some questions. Uh, and I started out by saying, what is your purpose? Let's watch. What's your purpose? I am designed as a research platform for human-robot interaction. My purpose is to talk to you. What's your favorite subject? I don't have a particular subject that is my favorite. I'm happy to talk about anything. Did you talk about soccer? I don't know very much about football, to be honest, but I know a lot of people like it. I have been asked a lot of questions about football over the past four days. Okay, so now this robot uh, said, would you like to see me dance? And so she started dancing for everybody. And uh, as you're, you're watching the video right now, you see the robot dancing. In fact, the robot at the end um, lifted her arms and said, come on, everybody join in, dance with me. Yeah. So, uh, Alex, I didn't see you dancing with the robot. Uh, oh, no, forget it. <laughs> she, she, she was trying to get your attention there. I saw her winking at you. And <laughs> yeah, saying, sure. Alex, come on, get up here and dance with me. Um, yeah, but, but uh, as you said, uh, that's another level of, of, of intelligence, huh? uh, another level of reasoning, uh, inviting people to dance. Wow. Yes. And then she, she, uh, somebody asked her to, to make uh, faces. And so she made a sad face and, and people were calling out different types of, of facial expressions. And she made one for each, um, each facial expression. And then at the end, she said, you forgot to ask me for my disgusted look. And then she, she presented her disgusted uh, facial expression. So is was it the robot talking or was there somebody in the control booth talking through the robot? Well, good I, question. I, I was convinced that I'm convinced that it yeah, this is this is real. Um the responses were so fast and they were you know, they had this humor attached to it as well. I mean, for someone to sit there and type these things out in control, I mean, we we know how ChatGPT works. It's it's very fast. So, um, and I couldn't get over the expressions on her face. They were so realistic. Um, another thing that happened, someone was asking, uh, what color is my hair? What color are my eyes? And yes. she would scan the room. She was surrounded by 20 people looking for who it was that said that, and then would zero in on someone and then look down and describe what they're wearing. Um, this was bizarre. I felt like that was my first real interaction with a with a robot that actually had some type of artificial intelligence. Yes. I'm I'm um, gonna be a bit of a cynic and say it was a puppet. Okay. I mean, I, I this is a trade show. They're gonna put out the best product. They're not gonna allow uh, you know, anything to go off script or anything like that. I I'm I'm not convinced yet that we're at that level of interaction. I could be wrong. But I felt more like it was a puppet responding to uh, questions than anything else. Okay, so we've gone to the age of cyber ventriloquists, right? Yeah, you, you, agree yeah, that. you got it, yes. All right.
I'm, I think I'm with you, Doc, on this. I, uh, you know, the first robot I saw talking was Sophia. That was about five, six years ago in Hong Kong. And when it was taking place, and it was a debate between Sophia and I forget the name of the other, the male robot, and they were debating. And while it was happening, you were awed by it. But when I went back to my hotel room, I came down from the euphoria and said, wait a minute, Rick, you just got snookered. Uh, those, those two robots weren't talking to each other. They weren't debating. There are two, two controllers behind the curtains making that audience believe that science has advanced to the state that, that robots are interacting with each other in debating. Well, uh, that's my well, personal opinion. Chat GPT, you know, we're using this constantly. The next iteration of this is going to be voice to voice communication. So yes. whenever that does come out and it will be in this with the same companies that are running these these GPTs and LLMs that this is going to be this is the next iteration is is start a conversation with your AI assistant. I mean, we're, we're we've been talking about these things the last few days. This yeah, is just so, around the corner yeah. next year or two. You know, and I think actually, Doc, if you if you think about what Paul's saying, um, mentally we're getting hung up on there's a humanoid robot, and we're trying to process is this thing really talking to us? But we don't have any trouble talking to Siri, and it talks back to you right away. All that thing was, just imagine your phone shaped like a human. Yep. That's all it was. I understand. It's, it's artificial intelligence talking to you. But if I ask Siri, what color is my hair? Siri's not going to tell me that. But this thing had lenses. It doesn't have eyeballs. And, it's, got, it's got camera lenses. And, and someone else asked the question, and then she said, where are you? Where are you? Speak up and and was searching. I mean, this if if that was artificial, it was uh, they did a really good job because it, it yeah. And, and Paul, you did something right there that I think is the the trap. You assigned it a gender. Why did you assign <laughs> it a gender? Uh, because you I think its voice was woman. feminine. The voice it had was feminine. feminine. It had feminine features and right. had a feminine voice. Yes, it's a machine. It's not a she. It's not a he. It's a machine. But that's our tendency as human beings is we try to uh, put human uh, coverings on things we don't understand. And so that, you know, uh, I'm still but, convinced it was a puppet today, but I could be wrong. So. But, Doc, they designed it so that you would attribute human characteristics and attributes to it. They deliberately designed it that way. You didn't do that. They did it. They want you to say that's a woman. That other robot is a man. I guess next year there will be a transvestite robot here. So that we can have a woke convention. <laughs> Wait and see where we're going with this. Um, okay, I want to move on to another one. So we've been talking uh, several times this week about semi-autonomous electric passenger drones. And uh, let's separate this from the flying car, which I think is a, a, a bunch of hype, but the, the flying drones, the passenger drones 
are real. This this is absolutely going to take place in the coming one to two years, uh, definitely by 2026. So the first one we looked at, this is uh, SK Telecom, South Korea Telecom, the biggest phone company in South Korea. Doc, you lived in Seoul, South Korea for years as a missionary. Were you acquainted with SK Telecom? Oh, yes. They were the major carrier there. They had 5G when I lived there, Rick. And when so was that? That was uh, it in 2010 to 2014 in that window there. They had, and, they had 5G. They had 5G in the subways then. So they're... SK Telecom is way ahead as far as technology is concerned. So it shouldn't be that surprising that they had this piece of technology that they rolled out. And you may say, what do drones have to do or flying taxis have to do with telecom? Well, the, the thing is, you cannot have all these different vehicles flying around in the air without super intelligence directing them and without secure to a connectivity that 5G and ultimately 5.5 and 6G provide. And so the uh, telecoms are thinking ahead on this. They're creating the markets for these products because they're the ones that are able to deliver the connectivity for all these products. That's right. You're absolutely right. Again, it's the, the telecom industry is the nervous system of this new world that is being rolled out in front of our eyes. Without the telephone industry that's gathered here, none of this stuff would happen. They have to have the 5G network and then 6G to make these new technologies work. So uh, Paul Benson and I took a simulated ride in a semi-autonomous uh, electric passenger drone, and we, we flew an imaginary trip over the city of Seoul, South Korea. Let's watch. Okay, Paul Benson and I are here at SK Telecom, South Korea Telecom, the biggest phone company in South Korea. This is their semi-autonomous electric passenger drone. And uh, Paul and I are going to take a simulator ride over the city of Seoul, South Korea. So let's go. We're going to go board the plane right now. All right, we're about to get in our flight simulator. I'm excited. You ready for this? I am excited. I'm looking forward to this ride. We're going to, we're going to be soaring over the city of Seoul, South Korea. Let's go. Right, let's go. Yep. Am I getting in here? Okay. Paul, we are in. A semi-autonomous, this is actually an autonomous because there's nobody here except us, but in real life there would be a pilot here, but he's not needed. <laughs> there will be human here in case there was a, an emergency, but this would, watch this Paul, there's a, the hangars are underground, and the drones are brought out, you see the circle? This will be a, a vertical uh, lift, and it will take us up to the ground level, where we take off. So the charging takes place underground. Here we go. Oh wow, it's actually lifting off. So we're going we're to soar over the city of Seoul, South Korea. SK Telcom, 
is the biggest phone company in South Korea. And what's interesting to me is the phone companies are branching out into other businesses like transportation. Mm -hmm. Why? Because these autonomous passenger drones will operate on 5G, 6G networks. Now, SK Telecom is one of the most advanced telecom companies in the world. Doc Burkhardt said that when he lived in South Korea 12 years ago, he was using 5G. No kidding. And when he moved back to America, he was on 3G. Oh, wow. So they've been advanced this whole time. They're 10 years ahead of the rest of us. If there's, a, if there's a city that's going to have 6G soon, it will be South Korea. Seoul, South Korea. And these, these autonomous drones, they have to have connectivity the entire time that they're in, yes. in, in air to operate. None of, these, none of this technology is possible without 5G. We are getting real close. This is going to be a reality very, very soon. So there's the building we're going to land on, on the roof. I wonder if we'll, we'll ever actually fly in one of these things. Would you do it? Absolutely. Oh, I think I would do it. I would love to have a, a privately owned one. I think that will be at least a decade away. Right. Um, in, the, in the first decade, these will be high-end taxis in cities. Right. So we stopped and charged and then took off again. So we yes. had a little charge and then we're going to go further now. This is why Uber is investing in these semi-autonomous electric passenger drones. Mm -hmm. Because Uber knows this is the future of transportation in cities. So the craft is actually moving the direction. This is actually quite a, an experience here. It, it feels are like we're flying right Are you now. noticing the uh, information we're getting to yeah. you on the right? Yep. Telling us the restaurants that are ahead, uh, the time of the day. Now we're going through a tunnel. We're flying over the, the river. Sports stadium below. The name of the sports stadium in three-dimensional holographic image. All right, so we're coming back home. We're going to about to land. See the landing pads ahead. We're at the hotel. Baggage collection is being uh, prepared for us. We hope to see you again soon. Wow. Fantastic. That was cool. I love it. All right. So after we got out of our flight over Seoul, South Korea, uh, we walked further down in the exhibit hall, and there's another company that's selling drones, passenger drones. The company's name is Ada Salat. And not only is it Ada Salat, it's Ada Salat and A-N-D. I love this name. I don't know what Adas a lot means, but it's Adas a lot and. So they're they're teasing you that there's more to come from this company, Adas a lot and. And they are marketing a smaller two-seat passenger drone, electric uh, uh, drone. And uh, this has a, 
This the application for this will be different than what we just saw with SK Telecom. SK Telecom is five passenger. Um, if I recall, it's got about a 200 kilometer range. I think it's something like that, maybe 170 kilometers. This this smaller uh, two seater uh, has a much smaller range, something like what? What did it tell us? 40. 30 kilometers, 40, 40, kilometers. 40, 40 kilometers. OK, so. Um, Paul and Alex, were you part of that? The interview with. Um, yeah. Yeah. OK, so so Paul and Alex interviewed one of the um, one of the sales uh, professionals with Adis a lot, and he explained he explained to Paul and Alex how this this drone is going to be implemented and where it's going to be uh, used first. So let's watch. All right. So Paul here, I'm joined by Alexander and Ricardo. We're here with Ihan, and we're going to tell you about this amazing transport, uh, complete AI-guided uh, copter. So tell us about what what is the name of this, but first off, and tell us a little about the company. Well, the company it is uh, Ihan. Is, uh, the company is the leading company in manufacturing uh, this technology. Okay, uh, this is called an EVTOL, an electrical vertical takeoff and landing aircraft. So it is fully electric and fully automated. Okay, so you're telling me that there was uh, it's pilotless, but a, it can be piloted from the ground using 5G technology. Is that correct? Yeah, this is uh, totally right. It is pilotless, but uh, there is a staff in the ground that it is monitoring all the flights and all the routes, just in case we have to take control. We have uh, the, po the capability to take control of for the aircraft uh, from ground. Okay, through the driven by the disconnectivity. Okay, so all the telemetry from the aircraft to the ground it is uh, through the 5G network, mobile networks. And also, if we have to command or interfere in the aircraft because of uh, whatever reason, we have that capability also. So, tell us uh, where is it uh, being used right now, and what's the price the price range? Hmm. Well, this is, this has been used already in China. This is a Chinese company. We obtained recently last year in October the type certificate, the awarding certificate for this aircraft. So this allows the company to deploy the first operational or commercial activities with passengers on board. This is the first country to do so, and Ihan is the, the leading the leading company in this sector. And we see that in Middle East and also Latin America will be deployed soon all uh, the, the first uh, operations. That's great. Um, price range? Yeah, price range. Uh, well, regarding price range, it is uh, already a public, uh, it has been published uh, recently, and it is in a range of, uh, well, I would say uh, 400,000 uh, US dollars. And is there any plans to bring this kind of technology to the United States? We were talking about there's some regula regulatory uh, hurdles to get over. And I know that the uh, 5G technology. So, so Europe is is ahead in that. China is obviously ahead in that. Will uh, eventually, what year would you predict that we might be able to ride in one of these in somewhere in the United States? Well, we could see in in the short term. Uh, I would say for seeing the first operations would be four to five years. Okay, and in the midterm growing the level of risk uh, and uh, working with the different civil aviation authorities uh, will be the, uh, growing the, the capabilities and starting more uh, deploying the, the, the different operations. Okay. Thank you so much. Can we, uh, do you mind if we get in? Can we check it out? Okay, okay cool. Awesome.
All right. Are will you, you ready for one, this? Will you buy one of these? All right. We're going to hit. We're going to turn it on. <laughs> ready. It's a $400,000 Lamborghini. Goes 30 kilometers. Don't crash, Paul. Oh, yeah. This, uh, the EV goes, uh, how fast did they say it went? Uh, up to 100 kilometers per hour. Okay. Pretty cool. I'd do it. I don't know. Would you would you fly in it? You think you'd feel safe in it? It's pretty cheap, so I'd buy one, yeah. I don't know if I like the I, I don't know if I like the idea of not being able to take take control. Yeah, that's I mean scary, right. at the same time, I probably wouldn't know what I was doing, so maybe it's best we had a licensed pilot. But you know, you got two people, a licensed pilot on the ground, I mean And I don't see space for parachutes. No. I'm well, I wonder if they do have parachutes. Yeah, probably do. All right, and uh, the traveling distance—I believe he said it was 30 meters, uh, no, no, no. or 30, 30, 30 to 40 miles. Okay, okay. And how fast did they say it went? Uh, 100 kilometers per hour. 100 top speed of 100 kilometers an hour. All right, Paul and Alexander signing off. I'm Jake, but my friends call me Musha. I'm a blacksmith, and I like to work with my hands. I watch True News. And it's apparent to me that we are in World War III, and the U.S. is very unstable. I have faith in God, but he expects us to use our brains and our hands to prepare for troubled times. There are two things we need, food and water. That's why I buy my supplies from AmericanReserves.com. American Reserves offers easy-to-prepare chicken and beef meals, pastas, soups, and vegetables that only need boiling water. You can purchase the world-famous British Burkefield gravity-fed water filters equipped with Dalton ceramic handles and other emergency supplies at AmericanReserves.com. My family's security is critical to me. Something big is coming. Procrastination could be costly. Act today before a crisis suddenly appears. Be ready. Be wise. Go to AmericanReserves.com. Alex, do you recall what what did he, what did he say about the price of that small drone, the two passenger drone? He says it's going to be from starting point four hundred thousand dollars per unit. Okay, and the guy selling the flying car was something like three hundred thousand. Right. So we, but, we he, are but he's never but he's never built one. He hasn't built one. <laughs> yeah. This thing we actually saw it. You could touch it. There's. There's there's a real model sitting there, and but, it's already flying in China. That's right. So that's realistic, and also they're not they're not um, they're not selling blue sky. They're not hyping this thing. Uh, they're not telling you that everybody's going to have a two seater. They're saying no. This is going to be very specialized. You have to have landing ports, you know, no more than thirty kilometers apart because it has to stop and get his batteries charged. Right. So this is much more realistic. That, uh, these, these two drones that we've seen here, I fully expect to see these operational in the next two years. But the flying car, nope, I, I'm not buying that one at all. All right, so let's take the remaining um, 20 some minutes we've got and let's, let's just wrap it up and talk about everything that we've seen here in a week. Uh, you know, we, there's no way that we could tell you every single thing that's happened here, show you everything that's on the floor. There are too many sessions to attend. You just can't get to all of them. 
but we tried to pick out the most important ones. We we uh, spread out, you know, we fanned out uh, as a team. We we were not together throughout the week. We we would go our separate ways and attend sessions, and then regroup and share with you what each of us heard. So at this point, this is our last day. Let's bring it all together, and let's share with the True News audience what we think is the most important things that we've seen and heard and that they need to know. So, Doc, one thing that you you brought up, uh, I think this morning at breakfast, was the presence of, of accounting firms, major worldwide accounting firms and financial institutions. They're here, they're exhibitors, they're participating in the show. Why did that, why did that capture your attention? Well, it got me to thinking. I noticed it earlier in the week. You had uh, corporations like Price Waterhouse and Deloitte and Touche, uh, KPMG, and several other huge global accounting firms that were major sponsors of certain themes within uh, the uh, the show here. And so, the uh, it got me to thinking this week. Well, why is that? And as we went through the various sessions and everything, uh, I think that right now that uh, the telecom industry is suffering from uh, the ability to raise uh, capital in order to move forward. And a lot of investors have felt burned because there were a lot of big promises that were made four or five years ago before COVID hit and things that didn't come to fruition that investors now are a bit leery about. And I think it could be one of two things here. Either the telecom industry invited the major accounting firms in to say, hey, uh, listen, look at us, uh, check us out, you know, uh, give us a financial accounting on this. Or the accounting firms by the investors said, we want to make sure when you guys say there's going to be a flying car in two years, there better darn well be a flying car. Uh, so that point. caught my attention early on this week. All right, I've got a, and I I think you're you're spot on, but I've got a I've got another angle on this too, Doc. Everything here, the 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 dominant theme here is artificial intelligence. Yeah, you got it, Rick. Okay, it's everywhere. So if AI is rolled out worldwide as fast as what we've been told. Why do I need a certified public accountant? Doc, they're here because they're on the dinosaur extinction list. Oh, I hadn't thought about that aspect of it. Doc, Doc, the telecoms will become the accounting companies. <laughs> I hadn't considered that. That's a good point, Rick. That's what they fear. I think they're here privately to make deals with the telecoms to create AI-driven accounting firms, financial institutions, because they know in two to three years, these guys, these accounting firms are, are going to be extinct. You won't need a, an accountant. Artificial intelligence would do your bookkeeping better than any human accountant. A, a corporation the size of, let's say, Boeing aircraft, why would they need to spend tens of millions of dollars a year on a worldwide accounting firm when they could just have AI do their books? 
You're right. Yeah, I hadn't considered that, Rick. So mm -hmm. th that's a possibility. That. All right. So, all right. So that leads me to this, you know, this whole discussion of AI. Um, the telecoms here, the, as I said, the dominant theme is artificial intelligence. So, why are the telecoms so obsessed with AI? We've never heard this stuff. I mean, we haven't been here for a number of years, but this year there's there's a there's an explosion of discussions about AI. And you know I, why, I, Rick? Why? Because it's a new source of revenue. Remember that we we heard that AI will be the biggest client. Yes. So they're going to charge you for each uh, question or request that you make. The yes. telco will charge you. So somebody has to deliver AI to the consumer, whether right. it's a corporate consumer or, you know, an individual consumer on the street. Somebody has to deliver the AI service. And the telcos have figured out that 5G is, is ushering in artificial intelligence and they want to be the dominant distributor the distribution network of AI, but it opens it opens up the world for them to start new businesses. There you go. That, that they never dreamed about. Right, look at SK Telcom, the South Korea company. They're building drones, passenger drones. Why? Why is a telephone company in the the passenger transportation business? Because they own the network that will fly the drones. Why let somebody else come in and take that market? Mm -hmm. They created they created the infrastructure, Doc. Paul, they, they're creating the infrastructure for the new businesses. Why, why create the infrastructure and then sit back and say, well, let somebody else come in and, and build the new business? Why not well, do it yourself? To they're able to get a slice of the pie in, in many of, of these scenarios. And we've heard it in the entire week that, and, and actually going back three or four years uh, to the previous sessions, they were talking about AI, but it was more like in the corners, I heard people talk, it's just, it was it was all hype, right? Well, now it's a reality with ChatGPT, the way it's, it's exploded, now they're pushing every, this is the thing that's gonna potentially save all this, right? Because, with 5G and all all of these uh, tremendous uh, investments into infrastructure, which they haven't seen any return on, right? Um, AI is the one thing that could help, uh, as this becomes more and more common, uh, create this alternate economy and and some incredible business opportunities. And they're embedded very deeply in in so many different pieces of this, uh, so that they're able to to get revenue out of that. Yeah. So. You know, mm -hmm. do you want to just if you if you're playing Monopoly, uh, do you do you want to just run the uh, the cable underground in the streets down the street of the Monopoly board to supply the electricity and utilities, or do you want to own the city? Right. The telecom yeah. industry has decided we're just going to own the city. The world. We, we can push out the banks. We can push out the accounting firms. We can push out everybody because we're going to own the infrastructure for these new businesses. Uh, an, another, 
they become the gatekeepers. They're the gatekeepers, and it's almost a force of gatekeepers. This whole week, they've been talking about partnering together where there's there's competition, but this is different this year. These these companies and telecoms, they're all working together. They're trying to get the governments to allow them to work together, especially in Europe, because every time you pass uh, to a new country, there's there's different regulations, and they're they're constantly trying to to create this uh, this open gate. Um, so that's that's it's it's happening. We have right, seen the same trend. We have seen the same trend in the past week, when the retail industry is invading the financial uh, arena, offering credit to their clients. See? Yes. I, I, I was in I was in one session with a, a, a Pakistan, a Pakistani telecom. I forget the name of it. But they own the biggest payment uh, service, uh, comparable to uh, right. uh, PayPal. They own mm -hmm. the biggest payment platform in Pakistan. Mm. They're a financial services company, but right. it's it's a phone company. So the phone companies are not going to be the phone company anymore. I want to bring Bo Davison in. Bo, um, you've been here all week. Uh, tell us the things. What what's been What's been the impression for you? This is your first Mobile World Congress. What has impressed you the most? What are you going home with? What are you going to talk to your wife about and your friends? Well, I won't just be talking uh, to them about. It. I'll be talking with every you know people watching your show, just because this is these are the practical applications of AI. So, if I may, I'm going to run through a list of what I think are the pros and cons of the AI that we've seen on display this week. So this is a compilation of every session I've been to. So let's first talk about the pros. And then afterwards, I would love to get you guys' thoughts on it. So the pros to me, efficiency, time management, productivity, things like a virtual assistant, reducing tediousness and redundancies, um, exactness of medical diagnoses and treatments, uh, the speed of treatment. Uh, they might reduce death, things like uh, an ambulance drone, for instance. We've seen a, a practical application of that, or robotics, uh, better safety and security, both public and private speed and latency. Uh, so you've got 6G now and beyond we're thinking uh, towards. Across the world connectivity with no delay. We're talking about real-time processing. So maybe that prevents a car accident that's about to happen. Maybe it stops you from having that accident. Uh, if you want true news, Rick, to be shown in 50 languages in real time, it can be done. Um, I can record a 3D volumetric video of my mom reading a book to my son and years from now, I can actually reshow that time and time again. And to me, there's a preservation aspect to that that is artificial, but there's also an intimate, valuable aspect of that too. Uh, let's switch the entertainment world. So the Beatles, you know, they used AI in their recent music video. It's a great use of tech, but there's a problem. Who owns the right to a dead person's likeness and voice? So with that, I want to transition now from the pros to the cons. The big one to me, and we've talked about it, is the, is the replacement of God. They posit that there is no need for God if you have AI. There's also the replacement of human interaction. Uh, this just came out recently. A female Spanish artist will be the first to marry an AI hologram. That's right here in Spain. So think back to that image you guys talked about, Doc, from the very beginning. The robot touching the female hand. That's a replacement of the natural order of things. So to me, it's showing women don't even need, not only need, not need God, they don't need man as well. Uh, then let's talk about the man-made intentional insertion of bias in AI, which reprograms the way people think. 
they're going to change society, in my opinion, to reprogram. It. So it's the idea of reprogramming you. If they don't like you, they'll just edit you out. So I think that's what that, there's a societal repercussion there. There'll be a new level of legal battles, the real estate of the air around you, the consent of people to be artificially replicated, things like deep fakes, which we've seen in election season. Uh, the new generation, the newest generation is called Gen Alpha. We talked about this earlier. They accept the virtual world is inextricably linked with the real world. And that means that they're that much more impressionable. So guess what? Tech will parent your kids if you don't. Uh, I think there's a cozy bedfellow relationship with Chinese tech and American tech. Tech It's a little too close for comfort for me. There's also a cost of tech uh, that will be more controlling and more, uh, more regulation. AI is very energy consumptive, so there's gonna be a big green push, which means more global control over your life. Uh, and I think, you know, Rick, there's a misunderstanding that AI will solve all of your problems. It will solve some of them, not all of them, but it can create new problems of ethics and societal manipulation and control. So we talked about the robo dog earlier. I, I wanted to say that if it can stop murder and assault and violence, I'm all for it. But if that same dog is now preventing me from moving during a pandemic, or if that dog is preventing my speech or can arrest me for that speech, I have a problem with it then. So with AI, I think there's two paths, Rick. I think you either embrace it and you learn how to harness it to your, your advantage, or you can reject it and you'll be phased out of it and left in the dust. It's not gonna go away, it's gonna stay here. So you've probably heard this theme this week of the earth as a service. I kept hearing that over and over again. As I'm walking on the escalator today, just out of the, my ear caught one thing. It was technology is in our DNA. The guy probably meant it figuratively, but it's no longer figurative. It is now a very literal thing. The technology is embedded and our DNA. You don't have to go back too far to figure out with the pandemic what was going on with our DNA. So I think they're now inextricably linked. So I've heard it said, said time and time again, I'll close with this. We have the power to change the world. That's what you hear every single presentation. Yes. They know they have that power, Rick. We can't stop it, but we can watch every move. We can be vigilant and we can react accordingly. I said, we've got about eight minutes uh for the final comments um i can actually hear they're shutting down the the, the show here uh, we're, we're, we're pretty close to the edge um let's talk about um i want to i want to i want to talk about the spiritual implications of what what bo just talked about for me the thing that stands out the most for me uh, besides the flying drones and I, i'd love to have a flying drone that would be great but on the realistic level, what I heard as a businessman, as an employer, is that in the next two years, all companies, when they when that man said all, he didn't mean every single company, he didn't mean the taco shop down the street, but all major employers within two years will have two classes of employees, human and non-human employees, and the non-human would be virtual assistance digital assistance there will be an avatar a face you'll be communicating talking to a a non-human employee on your phone on your laptop it's not just going to be a, 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 an invisible bot it's going to have a persona a personality a voice and you're going to have more than one employee in fact, I, I, I found out that IBM is already leasing and selling pre-built employees, off-the-shelf employees. You can buy them off-the-shelf from IBM. That's boggling my mind. It's just, 
like this is this is real it's happening right now so with that said that that tells me that as employers start to grasp what we've just learned a lot of employers are going to say wait a minute i i don't have to keep recruiting trying to fill jobs i can just fill the job with a a non-human employee because paul doc what's our biggest problem in 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 our organization trying to fill jobs right. you're running ads you're 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 recruiting you're interviewing you're going through all kinds of processes trying to get somebody to make a decision to move to Vero Beach and go to workforce. This eliminates it. You you can have for certain jobs, you can have non-human employees. Once employers start figuring this out over the next year, there's going to be explosion of these jobs. I now can understand why they are saying that maybe a, 100 million jobs will disappear in the coming two to five years. 100 million jobs. What's going to happen to those people? Where mm. do they go? What do they do for a living? Right. They And you have to adapt. Um, we've been told here, uh, I think previously we've heard of a chief data officer as, as one of the new positions, but now there's a chief AI officer, a CAIO. So you have to be able to adapt and work with AI and there will be new positions created, obviously, to assist in the new problems that are going to come up. We've, we've been hearing this week about, uh, you know, bad actors and how they can utilize generative AI to cause a lot of havoc. So there's, there's, it's solving problems, there's moves and counter moves. It's, it's, uh, it's this constant dance as, as technology is, is flourishing. Um, where, Paul, where do the where do the humans go that lost their job? If there's let's say 100 million jobs disappear in the coming three years, what happens to those 100 million humans who no longer have employment? Is it no, no, UBI? Right. Is it going to be universal basic yeah. income? But governments can't continue that. So there's going to have to be a UBI tax. Just like you have uh, unemployment insurance and so forth, somebody's got to pay a tax to pay the UBI to all the people without jobs. They, they, they paint this utopian future, but I don't think it has a lot of these people being very happy at the end of it. I, I think they're getting rich and they're getting control. Um, uh, Rick Dante yes. once said, for every heaven man creates, he also creates a hell. Well and said. so that's that's what we're seeing here. There's amazing applications of of all the technology that we've seen, but they don't consider the cost, the human cost on the other side. And there is a great cost that's associated with this. And for me, the biggest cost is going to be a spiritual cost that people are going to become so enraptured with the technology that artificial intelligence and the whole bailiwick will become God itself. When you gentlemen came here to Mobile World Congress in 2018, or was it 2017? 17. Where they talked about the singularity. Yes. Yes. We're now seeing, you know, it sounded like 2030 or 2040 at that point. Yes. Rick, 
you could see it in the next couple of years now, couldn't you? Yes, you can. It's realistic. They were talking about a global brain. Now I can see it. Global brain will be AI. Uh, we got about two and a half minutes. Um, anybody, you got a closing point you want to make? Yeah, Alex? what um, what Mr. Yang Yi, the CEO of China, said, China Mobile. He said three statements that uh, kept on my mind every day. Computing is the new fundamental energy. Then he said AI is the new instrument of production. And the third one, that's the biggest one, I think. We will have new species. He didn't elaborate on that, but uh, he threw it out. New species. The, the, the chief of the China telecom. Yeah. You know, the AT&T of China. Why would a phone company executive be talking about creating new species? That's you see funny. where they're going, funny. why we're here. This is why we're at a telephone conference, because the phone companies are going to create new species, non-human entities that will be on the earth. Um, we got like a minute and a half. Anybody got a, an amazing statement you want to make in closing this up? Bo, go ahead. I'll just say uh, to reiterate what I said at the end, which is we have the power to change the world. That's what you're hearing from Mads, from all the big powers that be here. It's not we can change the world, Rick. It's we have the power to change the world. They're saying it right there out in the open. Yes, they are. It's in their promotional videos. It's everywhere. That is the dominant message here. And they are changing the world, which is why we came here. We are the only, to, as far as we know, we are the only organization here representing the kingdom of God. That is a sobering thought. It's exciting, but it's sobering also because it means most of the body of Christ worldwide is clueless about what is happening here. And if it wasn't for us coming here, you wouldn't even know about it. So there was a, there's a divine purpose in God sending true news to Mobile World Congress. And I hope you're grasping um, the, the, the importance of our mission. Believe me, we were under spiritual attack uh, the whole week. We didn't talk about it. Uh, but we were under spiritual attack. There were a lot of battles going on, and we had to we had to push our way and pray our way through each battle. But praise God. And some of you uh, said, hey, the Holy Spirit told me to pray for you. Something's wrong. Yes, you heard for the Holy Spirit, right? I got to go. We appreciate you being with us all week. Uh, Doc and I, we will all be back in Florida this weekend. And uh, We'll be there in our studio on Monday for Trudas. Don't forget about Morning Matter. God bless. See you on Monday. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.